0: Welcome to episode two of Who Needs School? My name is Joe Vollert, and our guest today is activist, advisor, philanthropist, and investor in conscious education, Jeff Snipes. He is the founder and chairman of the Millennium School in San Francisco, which we will discuss, and it's not so much a school as a learning lab. Before that, Jeff spent 16 years leading the largest U.S. corporate leadership development program, now Corn Ferry, where he was named a top 25 U.S. leadership advisor and CEO of the year by the American Business Association. Let's talk to Jeff. Jeff, welcome and thank you for joining Who Needs School. I really appreciate you taking some time to speak with us. As As a starter, I thought I'd ask you to walk us through your school and educational experience not so much where you went, but kind of what the structure of it
1: was like and that impact it had on you. Well, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate you inviting me to speak. Uh, I've always appreciated, Joe, your views on education. And as a parent of three at St. Ignatius over the years, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. And so I'm excited to have the chance to talk to you about this. My personal experience I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My dad was a family doctor, and my mom was a public school teacher, and I went to public school all the way through high school. So our family dinner conversations were a lot about how can we serve, whether it's through healthcare or through education. My orientation was very much about how can you have the education and build the life you want so you can be of service to others. I went to university. I double majored in philosophy and finance, which says a lot about me, I think. (laughs) You know, yeah. often. <laughs> I've been confused and conflicted most of my adult life. Uh, <laughs> the joke I made was I spent a lot of time thinking about ways to make money. From there, I went into investment banking. And out of that, I had a career decision, which was that I, which way did I really want to go? Did I want to go the finance route? Or did I want to go back into kind of like philosophy, psychology? And I split the difference and decided to start a company that was oriented towards human development and, and leadership skills. And so that kind of led me to my own integration of how do I converge those two different interests into something that I could pursue as a career.
0: And then so springboarding from that. And one of the things I mentioned in the in your introduction of you is that you're um, interested in conscious education. So can you speak to that a little bit? Because I think that's a springboard into your work in founding the Millennium School.
1: Yeah, I'll set the context. My my professional career, I ended up being the CEO of what became a large national leadership development company. We were the largest adult education provider to the Fortune five hundred. So we would go into companies like Google and and Apple and, and so on, and we would help them design enterprise wide programs to develop all of their leaders. And. Over time, this grew to about 600 consultants. We were in 20 countries around the world. I spent 16 years there. And then we ultimately sold it to Corn Ferry and it became a large talent consulting firm. But what came out of it for me was I had the privilege to work with literally hundreds and thousands of executives across this time to really dig deeply into this question about what made them successful. And if we were gonna help unlock leaders for the next century, for the 21st century, what were the skills that they needed to have to be successful? And this question about what does it mean to be successful never really left me. I think that question has been there and inside me for a long time. And so in that context of doing leadership development for corporations, success oftentimes pointed us towards, how do we make the business successful? How do we grow an organization? How do we grow sales? How do we make a profit? How do we empower executives to be successful business people? And yet more and more, the data that was coming up in our work with them was that there was this whole other inner part of the human, the inner life, the relationship, the emotional intelligence, the happiness part that was directly correlated to whether they were successful or not. And so I became more and more fascinated with that other part of the equation. Not so much business and management and finance and negotiations, but self-awareness and emotional intelligence and what is that other part that has to be cultivated for the person ultimately to live a truly successful life?
0: The philo- the seed of philosophy blooming in your right. in the, the work world, huh?
1: That's right.
0: Uh, so what inspired you to start the uh, Millennium School and, and describe what you tell our audience a bit about what the Millennium School is and what you're trying to accomplish there?
1: So with my own three children, as I was exiting my role running this, this corporation, I started paying really close attention to the same question in their education, which is what is it that they're really learning in school? And schools traditionally over the last 120 years or so have had kind of an industrial educational outlook. Their job was to provide academics and that the academics, the reading, the writing, the science, the math would prepare them for a career. And yet what I had uncovered in my own career, was that this whole other side of happiness wasn't being formally educated: self-awareness, love, compassion, relationship skills, a sense of purpose, the ability to uh, navigate yourself—not just reacting to the world. How do I make how do I make money? But how do I consciously make a difference in the world? And so, what I was most excited about was an education that, for my children, that provided more of that whole child development—not just what are the academics to have a job, but What about all these other parts of me that I want to express? And as we started as parents, my wife, Sally, and I started looking at schools for our children. One of the things that really drew us to St. Ignatius, for example, was the deep deep self-discovery around spirituality. And we loved the way that SI created space for that type of work. And yet, when I looked out across educational institutions, schools, more broadly, there wasn't that same sort of space in the curriculum. Why aren't schools creating more space for this deeper work? And so Millennium was basically born out of that idea. What if we could create a 21st century educational model that honored the need for academics, but balanced that with more real world skills and self-discovery work intentionally into the curriculum? So the whole curriculum was more about the development of the self and academics supported the exploration of that, but they weren't the end-all, be-all. They were a part of the equation, but not the whole equation.
0: So very humanistic, not a uh, religious school, but providing some space to focus on the student's uh, spiritual development, if you will.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So right. we, we think of the whole student as integration of the, uh, the heart, the mind, the body, and the spirit and the mind oftentimes in traditional education unfortunately is educated by teaching kids what they should know and we focus more on how they should think so most of our curriculum is around understanding how to solve complex problems how to see things from multiple perspectives how to be conscious of your own thinking process so we teach them how to think in terms of the heart you'd see what today is called social emotional learning it's a lot of Skill building around empathy and inclusivity and how to connect with people in a compassionate way. The um, body is a somatic education. So it's not just sports, but underneath that kind of mind-body integration, we do a lot of yoga, martial arts, tai chi and qigong and things like this. So we're really teaching kids to be in touch with their body in a healthy way. And then when you get to the last piece, the spirit was, let's unpack that. Let's introduce that back into schools in a way that there is less resistance. The challenge is in public education today, we want to avoid, the public education system avoids talking about religion. Unfortunately, my opinion is they've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, is that you don't have to talk about any one particular religion, but the underlying unifying beliefs around interconnectedness and living a life of love and service and purpose and meaning. There's an awful lot of richness there that we need to be talking about that you don't have to adhere to any one particular region to be having those conversations. And unfortunately, we just aren't having those conversations in schools today. Mm. And so a very central aspect of Millennium was let's put that at the center of the purpose of education and then we'll wrap all this other stuff around it.
0: So how's that been received by your students and their parents? Is that a a point of tension or is that they know what they're walking into
1: and and embrace it already? We put it out there pretty boldly. We put it on the website and we talk about our admissions process. So I think parents at least have a sense of that's what they're signing up for when they come to the Millennium. We have about 96 students today. We're a middle school. So we're the only standalone middle school in San Francisco as an independent school. We have grades six, seventh, and eighth. We have just under 100 students. And I think what works is that it's a balance. It's not just sitting in a circle doing self discovery work. We have some pretty rigorous academics and we have a lot of intense project based learning. And so I think as long as it's a part of the whole solution, then it works well. We just found out today, we're very excited. We've got 23 graduate kids graduating this week, and we just found out that 18 of them got another first choice of high school. So I think that we're able to balance what I think of as an integrated academic experience. It's Mm -hmm. not all or nothing, but it's all woven Mm -hmm. together.
0: And do you find that the, I imagine there's academic requirements, right? In terms of subject matter and what they are supposed to be taking, has that been an issue at all? Or is that kind of been able to work seamlessly into their experience?
1: No, we've, we definitely line up. So all the traditional capabilities, writing and reading and math, science, STEM, humanities, creative expression, physical expression, we cover all those topics. It's more in the way that we do it. So for example, mm-hmm. when we're teaching science, we'll do it in the form of what we call a quest. And a quest is two hours a day, deep blocks of project-based learning. And over a period of six weeks, the students will select some sort of social impact project in the world that they want to address. This could be an environmental project. This could be clean water. This could be helping with the homelessness. In San Francisco, that's a common one for us to try and help Mm -hmm. with. And so the students will pick a project like that, and then we'll weave all the scientific theories and, and, and learning that they need to learn. the learning objectives are woven into that project. And so they'll actually explore the chemistry or the biology or the statistics in a holistic way. And what we found is that by providing that sort of context for the students, it's much more approachable. It doesn't feel to them like something they have to learn the theory of and memorize for a test, and then they forget it the next week. What they feel like is this is real to me because I'm solving a real problem, and I can see the context of why I need to know this science in order to solve that problem. And I, I think what that results in is greater engagement. Kids are more excited. They get to help come up with the projects. They get to work with their peers. They get to go out in the world. We spend every Wednesday afternoon out in the world doing some sort mm. of ex- expeditionary learning. They'll go on um, field trips and visit scientific institutes, and they'll go into the nature and perform their studies. So we get them out of the building and out into the world. And I think the combination of grounding it in the real world provides... For an adolescent, something that feels more real and less abstract.
0: So that deep learning and certainly deep critical thinking comes along with that. Because if, if people have had a chance to talk to thousands of alums and parents over the years, and one of the common denominators when they talk about school are the experiences they had. Maybe it was a senior retreat or a team that they played on or performing in the play, because there's, some, there's something that's deeply relational and it's an experience and that when you're involving all of your senses into it, there's just that deeper, deeper learning, deeper critical thinking. I, one of the questions I have for you is the, in the business of education is important. Right? How have you managed this? It sounds like a wonderful opportunity. I, like, I wish I had done that in my middle school. I would love to have had that kind of hands-on experience in that whole person education. How do you manage it financially?
1: What's, how does that equation work? So Millennium School is a laboratory school. It's independent, so it's funded through tuition. So just like any other private school, the vast majority of the funds are from parents who pay tuition. We also have a large scholarship fund. We have the highest amount of scholarship for students of any other independent school of our peer group not including the the religious schools like St Ignatius they do a much like Father Sauer Academy yeah. <laughs> we don't compete with Father Sauer in terms of scholarship yeah. compared to most private schools we do pretty well and then another aspect of our program that supplements the school is we do a lot of teacher training so we have a partnership with San Francisco Unified for example where we're now training a couple hundred educators a year in our techniques and the funding from that teacher training institute supplements our our lab part of our school, which is really evaluating and codifying and translating our techniques so we can share them more broadly. Uh, ultimately, what we hope to do is land on kind of a Millennium way or a series of tools mm-hmm. and practices that we can share with educators beyond just Millennium itself.
0: When well, you've scaled the company before, so I'm sure you could figure it out, right? That's it. It's, a, you it's know, not an easy not to
1: crack uh, I'll, I will tell you in education, there is not much money. It's not an easy nut to crack,
0: and that's the challenge. Is like I, I know that there is a school in San Francisco called the Alt School, and you've probably heard of that. And like a lot of tech people got this thing going and built it like a startup. And it, I went to visit; it was fascinating. They had a marketing team and a research team, and. And all this stuff. And it was a brilliant idea. It just doesn't, t- for the dollars to, to ha- have it make sense and scale it is really tough. And that is one of the the deep challenges in, in education. You're, what is it, five, six years in with Millennium?
1: Yeah, this is our fifth year. Let's see. Fifth year of operation. We've graduated two classes so far. So this will be our third graduating class this spring. Gotcha.
0: So I don't know if you've had a chance and maybe especially in this past year you have had to step back and take a deep breath and okay look at where you've been what do you see ahead what do you like what does this look like in 10 years what are the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead for you
1: Wow that's such a great question I think as we have those conversations internally we keep coming back to really grounding in our mission and our mission is to design and disseminate methods of education that advance human well-being. So what is it that we think that we have that is worth sharing and that other people want? I think the lab school itself is proving to be very successful in and of itself, just as a really cool progressive way to do whole child education. From what I can tell, that the teachers, the parents, the students are all thriving and flourishing. There's high engagement. It's working. In terms of how do we provide, how do what's our gift to the world? I think that what we're looking at right now is a pretty wholesale shift in awareness towards the whole student and the social-emotional learning in particular. There's a massive movement across public schools across the country of integrating what's called social-emotional learning into schools. And so I think we have something special to offer there, which is social-emotional learning right now today talks a lot about what I was describing as the heart-based aspects. Mm -hmm. It doesn't yet include spirit. And so if we want to expand social-emotional learning to really include meaning and purpose and a connection to something bigger than ourself, I think we need to expand the definition of social-emotional instruction to really allow teachers to, to connect with kids in a deeper way. And so I think that our gift ultimately is going to be providing instruction for educators to know how to connect with kids in that deeper spiritual whole self way without getting into trouble by sliding into proselytizing any one particular religion. Valuable as they all are, could we provide access to all those same values without getting into hot water with the districts?
0: Yeah. I, I I think you're spot on and you express that beautifully. And because I, I think what we're seeing today, society wise, is a ramp up in anxiety. And a lot of kids are self-critical, hyper-critical in this social media world, developing that depth, real genuine sense of self is a challenge. And it takes practice. Mm-hmm. It's like a running on the track team. You just don't show up. You practice and you build those muscles and that strength. And doing that with our spirits are very much the same. Final question here, and you may have answered it already, but I do have to ask it. And I'm thinking now of a secondary schools in particular, right? That that bridge from middle school to college. Knowing what you know and doing what you do and what you've done, what should we be doing? What should the the Folks at the secondary level be doing, do you think, to prepare them for that next step?
1: There's, as you just mentioned, there's, I think we're hitting a breaking point in terms of how much stress and anxiety society can handle. Parents are manageably anxious about their students' success. Will they get into the right college? Will they get the right job? Will they make enough money that the students and just they absorb that. They intuit the stress of the parent, internalize it, and then they feel. And so if you look at the research from Gene Twangay at San San Diego State and other places, the effect is driving up anxiety, depression, suicide, substance abuse. There's just this emptiness that's happening. And I I think we're going to hit a breaking point where we realize that we're just not doing service to these kids. So we need to help them reframe what success is. And to let some of this pressure off i think our role in secondary education is to find a way to balance this intensifying pressure and fear that i'm not going to know enough and be able to survive and find a way to lead them back to a life of thriving instead of just surviving economically really reframe well-being and reframe success and teach these skills these coping skills so that the kids really can feel more whole and connected and less worried about what the external projection of their resume or their LinkedIn page looks like. Yeah, that's good.
0: Jeff, that's great. Really a lot of depth to what you're doing with the Millennium School and, and certainly your perspective on education. I, and I hope folks get it, this gets out there and people can really listen to it because I think it's an important conversation for us to have. Before I let you go, I'd just love to ask if there's anything you'd recommend, for like a high school, college student, anything you recommend that they would read or watch that would really impact their journey forward?
1: I'm, I'm a bit romantic for some classics that I read in my youth that shaped me. So a couple of the books that were really similar to my own thinking about this same age was The Alchemist mm-hmm. by Paulo Coelho and Jonathan Livingston Siegel is another one that Richard Bach both of mm-hmm. which take you on a journey where your life is a journey of adventure and there is no end it is not about trying to get to the finish line it is about enjoying the adventure and always just trying to bring out your greatest self throughout that adventure yeah. so journey hopefully, books hopefully those are inspirational to students to reframe what the purpose of life is all about
0: That's good. That's a a great finish, great way to end. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today, and and I wish you best in your endeavors
1: moving forward. Thanks, Joe. It's been an honor. Thank you for all you're doing out there. And that's it for this
0: episode of Who Needs School. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out to me at joevollert at gmail.com. That's J O E V as in Victor, O L L E R T at gmail.com. Love to hear any questions or thoughts you might have maybe you want to be a guest. Thank you.